Welcome to Beyond the Donation, a podcast powered by DonorDoc. Our goal is to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies to further your fundraising and to teach you how to build your best donor relationships beyond their donation. Now on to the show with your host, Matt Bitsagai. Thank you for joining us today on Beyond the Donation. I'm your host, Matt Bitsagai, and joining me today is Grace Green from Double the Donation. Grace, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Matt. I'm really excited to be here. Well, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about Double the Donation for our listeners who aren't familiar. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Grace, like you mentioned, and I am a partnership success specialist at Double the Donation. So essentially what that means is I get to work with our amazing partners, DonorDoc being one of them, to establish really meaningful relationships with other technology providers to make matching gift automation just a really seamless process for organizations who are looking to kind of take advantage of an existing revenue source that often goes underutilized. Uh, I've been in my role in particular for a little over a year and a half now, and it's been really exciting to see the way that corporate social responsibility programs have just grown and evolved in recent years. Yeah, that's And really Double cool. the Donation in general, if you're not familiar, is the leading provider of for nonprofits and educational institutions to raise more from corporate matching gift programs and volunteer grant programs. Double the Donation got started a little over 10 years ago when our founder and president realized too late that his nonprofit donations were actually eligible for a corporate matching gift from his company. And then that's kind of where 360 Match Pro came from. So 360 Match Pro is Double the Donation's offering. It's an automation tool meant to introduce matching gifts early and often kind of throughout the donation cycle and afterwards to make it easy and make sure donors are aware of their matching gift eligibility. So, so, and I'm familiar with it. Obviously, we've kind of worked with you to build that integration. Um, but for our listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with matching gift programs, can you kind of give us the 101 of that? And like, how does it work? What is it? And, and how is it beneficial? Yeah, absolutely. So matching gift programs on their base level are essentially a type of corporate philanthropy where companies match the charitable contributions of their employees. So it's something essentially where an employee is able to make a donation to their favorite nonprofit, a local organization, what have you. And then the company is going to say on top of that, hey, we recognize that you're being philanthropic in your day-to-day life. We want to be philanthropic as a company. So we're going to go ahead and match this donation. There's a couple of different things that go into matching gift programs in general. Think minimums and maximums. So basically a company has a minimum donation that they'll match. So let's say you have to give $25 in order to be eligible for a match from your company or a maximum where you can only give, let's say up to $10,000 to be eligible for a match, um, kind of compounding on each other. There's um, deadlines. So most companies will give you about a year um, after the donation was made to go ahead and submit that match. But again, depends on the company. I think that's the one kicker with matching gift programs in general is there's no kind of universal standard. There's no, okay, this is what a matching gift program looks like because they are set by the individual company and they kind of make their own guidelines accordingly. But it's essentially a really great way for donors to stretch the impact of their donation, to take it one step further, and also to engage with their company in general. That's something we've seen in recent years with kind of the great reshuffling and people moving jobs and kind of 
establishing themselves in their company is that it can be a really powerful employee retention strategy and employee engagement strategy. So the good thing about matching gifts in general is that it's kind of a win-win across the board. It's good for the nonprofit. They're able to kind of essentially double a donation and it's good for the company. They're able to keep their employee engaged. They're able to promote a positive image in the media and say, hey, we are a philanthropic company. We do give back to the community and surrounding areas. And then, of course, it's good for the donor employee as well because they're able to stretch the impact of their donation without having to reach back into their wallet. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it, I think you're right. I think it's it's somewhat of an underutilized fundraising mechanism that a lot of charities maybe aren't taking advantage of. And I think for good reason in some ways that it seems fairly challenging, right? Like you, like you said, every customer, every company's different. Um, how do you know? And that's really where double the donation comes in is you guys have taken and done all the research to understand what the different rules are around these different programs and be able to surface that data up. And um, that's really kind of where, um, you know, that's that's how I know we've integrated to it with our giving forms to allow a donor to put their company name in and see if they're eligible for a matching gift program without asking you to give up any, you know, trade secrets or anything like where how do you is this something you're constantly updating your database with new programs and like how many ballpark companies exist in your database that that you have the matching program information for? Yeah, great question. So, yes. Um, simply, we are constantly keeping this updated. We have an entire dedicated database team to kind of make sure that we have the most up-to-date information as it relates to minimums, maximums, deadlines, who to contact if something seems wrong, all of these kind of pieces to make sure that's applicable as possible kind of throughout the year. And I think to answer your question about how many companies we have and those kind of things, I believe we have upwards of 24,000 companies in our database, which translates to, I, I hope I'm getting these numbers right, um, approximately 26 million individuals in the U.S. who are eligible for these programs. And kind of like you were mentioning, the biggest kind of barrier that we see is donor awareness and just kind of making sure that these programs get communicated effectively. We see that it can be something that's not always talked about outside of the HR office, or maybe it's on page 37 of your employee handbook and you never get to it. Um, so it's really just a matter of making sure we're able to connect donors to these programs. We see a really positive response to matching gift programs in general, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. If I know that my $50 donation can turn into $100 without having to reach back into my own wallet, then that's going to be a pretty strong motivator if I'm just able to connect those dots and submit a matching gift request to my company. So it's really just a matter of connecting the donor to their best next steps, which kind of like you mentioned is what we're hoping to do at Double the Donation is to really make it as easy as possible for a donor, one, to be aware of a matching gift program and know their eligibility, and then two, be able to to take those next steps and actually facilitate getting a matching gift request submitted. Is this something you guys see, you know, as being programs that are implemented at typically at larger nonprofits or, do, I mean, is this something that a smaller charity can also be taking advantage of? Like, what do you see across your customer base? 
Absolutely. I think this is something that really any organization can take advantage of. I think a common misconception is that you have to have like an entire dedicated team to matching gifts or to corporate philanthropy in general, I think that's the caveat that we tend to see or the discrepancy that we tend to see is when you have these really large multinational organizations that have chapters and regional bases and all those pieces, it's a lot easier for them to go ahead and have a dedicated staff member whose only job is matching gifts. But I don't think that is a requirement to take advantage of matching gift programs by any means. So if you're a smaller nonprofit or a smaller organization looking to get started with matching gifts, my one recommendation would be to make sure you're registered with all of the kind of corporate social responsibility vendors. Um, So there's a couple of really big ones that you can think of, Benevity, um, Cyber Grants, Your Cause, those types of organizations. And then there's some smaller ones, Millie, Point, Selflessly, Giving a that are kind of up and coming in the space. It's something that we've seen on the uptick recently, especially as we've noticed the trend towards matching gift programs being really important and being really necessary for organizations to have. So my first recommendation for a nonprofit looking to get started with matching gifts is make sure you're registered with those kind of vendors. It's what's going to make it really easy for you to be eligible for matching gift disbursement after the fact. Um, A lot of the programs have what is kind of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? like a confirmation. They need to know that you are a nonprofit that can actually, um, is eligible. You're a 501c3. They know your EIN number and they're actually able to disperse these funds. So it's really just a matter of making sure you've put all of the pieces into place to actually receive these funds. Um, And so that's a great first start. And then also just doing what you can to close that donor awareness gap. It can be something as simple as like a tagline in your emails that says, hey, are you eligible for a matching gift? Check your company here or anything like that to really just make it possible. So although there are organizations with entire teams dedicated to corporate philanthropy or these kind of programs, It can also be very possible with automation or just a couple of pieces put into place that get the ball rolling that kind of carry out throughout the year. So although we see it kind of in big names, those regional organizations, I think it's applicable across the board. So you kind of touched on, you know, Benevity and some of these organizations that um, do this fund disbursement. What does that look like for a charity? Like, you know, how does this money come in? And like, you know, because it's, it's not as simple as, you know, company A just mails you. I mean, maybe there are situations where that happens, but um, typically this comes through a third party. Can you kind of tell us a little bit more about that process? Absolutely. So again, unfortunately here, there's no kind of universal standard of what this looks like. It's often set by the company or it's set by the vendor that a company is using. Like you mentioned, those third-party programs. I think the easiest route here is that most of them are set up on a quarterly disbursement. So if you are an organization that is regularly receiving matching gift funds, maybe at the end of each quarter, you're receiving a check in the mail for X amount um, that kind of accounts for all of your matching gifts throughout that quarter. 
in some instances, like you mentioned, you have some smaller companies or who manage their own matching gift program where that disbursement is um, coming as soon as the matching gift request is approved. So the donor makes their donation, they submit their matching gift request, the company approves it, and then bam, you've got a check in the mail. Mm -hmm. We see some companies that have... Um, a less formal process that isn't managed by a third party where their employees are actually able to make the donation themselves, the matching gift with like a company card or mm -hmm. something like that. So they're able to make their personal donation. And then once they know about their eligibility to follow that up with the company donation right after the fact. So unfortunately, and fortunately, there's no kind of great answer to this question because it is so dependent on the company or the organization that they're using to disperse the funds. But again, I think making sure you're able to get set up with those third parties, make sure you have all of the kind of contact information that they might need, um, a mailing address, anything like that to make it possible, then it's going to be the easiest way to facilitate receiving those funds. Does Double the Donation have any kind of resources available for somebody who's maybe interested in getting started with the matching gift program? I mean, you touched on like, here's the first steps that you might want to go through. Is there anything that's written down anywhere for somebody where they can say, like, I just need a list of things I need to go do to get this started? Absolutely. The Double the Donation blog has a lot of really great information from starting a matching gift program to getting really specific and figuring out how to build corporate sponsorships out of a successful matching gift program. So really, no matter where you are on the spectrum of I'm just getting started or I'm pretty advanced and I'm ready to take it to the next level, there's a lot out there. We also have a lot of templates for convincing um, employees to take their company to the next steps with a matching gift program. Like I mentioned, we're seeing these programs on the rise, but that's not to say that every company has a matching gift program yet. And so that's something we've kind of built into our messaging as well. If you're aware of this and you're finding out that you're not eligible for a matching gift, what do you need to do to kind of make those next steps to make it possible? And so whether you're a nonprofit, whether you're a company, whether you're just a donor who's looking to kind of make this happen, we've got a lot of messaging around facilitating the process, making it happen, bringing it to a company that may not have one, expanding it at a company that does, and then also building out a really powerful strategy for taking advantage of matching gifts. Again, whether you're just getting started or you've got quite a few matching gifts under your belt already. And these are just dollars that are that are on the table, right? It's like you can literally double the size of a donation, uh, which no pun intended there with the name. But you you know these are these are dollars that I think nonprofits aren't always taking advantage of that are there, and they just need to know where to get started and how to get this moving. And I think that double the donation does such a great job in taking something that it's you know inherently sort of feels complicated to get going and you guys do a really good job of simplifying that for the donor experience to make it something that just becomes part of what they're doing and can like you said really just connecting those dots to ensure that that process is happening um take a second and tell our listeners how they can find out more about where can they find double the donation um social and web and and whatever channels you're on absolutely so 
the easiest way, doubledonation.com. You can look us up, find out um, resources, like I talked about those blog articles that you might want to look into. We're also on LinkedIn, and you can find us there. Um, we try to post some helpful articles as well. And then we also have 360matchpro.com, which is a more product-focused um, avenue if you're looking for a demo or you're trying to find out more about pricing or anything like that. That's a great place to start as well. But I think just easy peasy, double the donation.com is going to be a really great place to kind of get you started and get you where you need to be. And you guys integrate with lots of different um, online giving platforms, DonorDoc obviously being one of those, to where the widget's just embedded right there during the, the, the donation flow, um, prompting that donor to check, does your company have a matching gift and then helping connect those dots. So it's really, really seamless. Obviously, there's more to it on the back end uh, of, you know, of, of data flows and different things like that. But I think from a charity's perspective, it's a really powerful tool to be able to create the awareness um, of these gift, these matching gift programs and hopefully help them to be able to, um, you know, unlock those additional funds that are out there for them. So. Absolutely. And I think something that is another great tip for someone who's looking to get started with matching gift programs in general is just to start asking donors where they work. It can be an optional field. It's something that we do, like you mentioned, um, with our integrations is to have that kind of built in directly to your donation form and have that ask built in. But in the same vein of fundraising that people are always thinking about, if you don't ask, you don't get. If you don't ask, you don't know. And so it's really just a matter of finding out where your donors work and then being able to, like you said, demystify and simplify the process for them. And then that's what's going to be able to kind of build that stronger relationship, whether it's donor retention and stewardship, to be able to say, hey, thank you so much for your donation. It means a lot to us. Here's the impact. And then on top of that, thank you for telling us that you work at the Home Depot. Home, the Home Depot actually has a matching gift program. Would you be willing to take those next steps and get that donation match? And so I think it's something that is really simple as building in an optional field to your donation form, and then kind of supplying the next steps, whether it's on the confirmation page, whether it's over email. Um, both of those options are available through Double the Donation. But I think really, if you're looking to get started, start kind of collecting that donor data. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of you may already have it. It may be something that you're already asking. So then it's a matter of going back and saying, hey, all of these donors work at local nonprofits or work at local corporations that we know offer matching gift programs. So let's go ahead and follow up with them and see if their donation from a couple of months ago is eligible for a matching gift. Really good advice. I love the idea of kind of taking a crawl, walk, run approach to it. Um, I definitely recommend, though, if anybody's looking at solutions, they should check out Double the Donation. Like you said, doubledonation.com. We really appreciated the partnership that we've had there. Uh, time for me to put you on the spot. We like to end our interviews with asking our guests to give a tip or a tool that our listeners can use to create greater impact beyond the donation. So Grace, what do you have for our listeners today? What's a tool or tip around donor uh, relationships or fundraising that can help them raise more money or create greater impact? Absolutely. And my tip is actually really timely. We're coming in kind of towards the end of the year. Everyone knows that December is one of the most charitable months of the year. It's when people are really looking to give. 
But I think something that often gets lost is all of these donations that are made January through November. And so, like I just mentioned, going back and checking on donations that were made throughout the year, what we see in terms of matching gift deadlines are typically timed around a calendar year. Sometimes we even have grace periods taking you into January or the middle of February in the following year. But with that being said, as we approach kind of that December 31st date and we're looking ahead to the next year, there's a good chance that a lot of your donations that you've received from January through November are still eligible for a matching gift if the donor is able to go back and submit it. So it's as simple as them finding their receipt in their email or their um kind of associated donation information and going about submitting that matching gift request. So that's something that I would really encourage everyone to do as you're thinking about making these kind of last minute appeals. It's another great way to kind of reach back out to donors who you may have been looking for um, the right messaging. It's not quite time to ask for a donation again because maybe they're just about to give on Giving Tuesday or they gave um, earlier just a couple of weeks ago and it's not quite time to solicit another donation, but you're looking for a way to stay engaged and keep them up to date with your messaging. Matching gifts are a really great way to do that, to say, hey, thank you so much for your donation. Let's actually see if we can get it matched. And then you're able to actually get a second donation for the cost of soliciting one, and again, further build that donor relationship. And we see that once donors make um, that matching gift request, they're more inclined to make it a second time. So once you've kind of introduced that process and shown how easy it really can be, once you've connected those dots, you're able to kind of facilitate further double donations down the line. And we actually see an increase in donation amount when people know that they're match eligible. Because if you're going to give $25, but you know it's going to be doubled, then that might be the incentive you need to make it 50 to turn it into 100. So it really is the gift that keeps on giving, whether it's donor relations, um, the size of your donation, just kind of being able to facilitate a relationship after a donation without sending another ask. There's a really a lot that you can do there that I think can be really helpful, especially as we head towards the end of the year. Yeah, what a killer tip. I just love the idea. I'm I'm a huge believer in don't ever miss an opportunity to engage with donors. And if you can do it in a way that's not asking them to give out of their own pocket, but still can uh, you know impact the, your organization in a really positive way, Plus, like you said, just all those other benefits to it, if you can get them to do that on an ongoing basis with match gifts, that is a great tip. Our listeners should definitely take that into consideration as they get close to the end of the year here. Grace, this has been really helpful. It's been really enlightening. Um, I think matching gift programs are definitely something more charities should be investigating and trying to develop. So thank you for giving us information on that topic. And just thank you for joining us on Beyond the Donation. It's been really wonderful. Yeah, thank you for having me, Matt. I really appreciated being here. All right. We'll have to have you back on again in the future to talk more. This has been great. Have a great rest of your day. And thanks again. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Beyond the Donation podcast. We're grateful you tuned in today. For more information about our guests and to view the show notes, resources, and links from today's show, head over to beyondthedonation.com. Here's to furthering your mission and driving more impact beyond the donation.